what's up everyone this is a major motion podcast i am nick you can follow me on twitter at nationals ace he is fox you can catch him on twitter at fox film fanatic and of course follow the show at major motion cast and this is our luca episode we didn't know what we were gonna do but we put it up to you guys our fans to decide what we're gonna review this week and you guys chose luca which opens the door to a conversation that we haven't had yet. Granted, this podcast is very new, but uh, there's a deep conversation to be had with Luca. So I'm actually quite excited to talk about it and everything Pixar. But before we do that, Fox, how are you doing? Doing pretty good. Um, You know, I was I I told you I was um, I mean, I kind of postponed when we were supposed to be recording, but I was just making sure that my dogs weren't going berserk during this recording (laughs) and being a nuisance. It, that's always a, a like a hit or miss thing for me because like my dogs they they just go crazy at, at everything and plus we have a so our living room we have like a sliding glass door looking yeah. out towards the street and like a little balcony so they just peek under the curtains and look outside all day which <laughs> is like cool because i'm still working from home so they're just they just entertain themselves like people watching or squirrel watching whatever yeah. all day long so I don't have to like entertain them, but it's also annoying because if someone walks by, all hell breaks loose. Yeah, that's so, yeah. So, <laughs> that's when it shit is, hits the fan. Right, it is just a hit or miss. Uh, so I, I feel your pain, but um, so yeah, this is our Luca episode. Looking forward to it. Uh, but quick weekend box office recap: our movie Free Guy did it again. Free guy. Uh, another eighteen and a half million, bringing up the total gross to fifty-eight and a half million. Which, you know, obviously great that Free Guy is uh, back-to-back champs as far as the weekend box office goes. We're still seeing a, a little bit of a dip at the box office, and obviously that's completely understandable with the state of the world and obviously the, the Delta variant and stuff like that. Um, but hopefully these numbers get get back up and some of these big releases coming out uh, kind of pad on add on to it but let's move on to our opening scene the question today is what is your favorite childhood movie that wasn't technically a child's movie my movie was the mask i think that's (laughs) the one i think that was my favorite childhood movie (laughs) i just i don't know what it was i was just infatuated with jim carrey and him being having that green face and just being a caricature and i'm still a a fan of his to this day but it's i don't know what about that movie attracted me so much as a child that i could not stop watching it and then i had it on vhs so i was always popping it in and so into the vhs player right that's that's really what it comes down to because you and i are are 90s kids so it's like we had the vhs or like the uh you know wall full of dvds or or whatever it may have been like before streaming was even a thing um you know everyone knows the the the, if your vhs tape got unwound you were screwed and you know (laughs) got stuck in the the vhs player like they don't have those problems today if anything it's just buffering that you have to deal with yeah you uh, just got to look at the fact you just got to look at a freeze frame like damn i could be watching that rest of the scene (laughs) (laughs) right so it really just boils down to what movies you had on vhs or what might have been stuck in your vhs player and you're only forced to watch (laughs) or something like that uh the mask is going i'm also sure pretty sure 
like the same way you get the same movies on FX nowadays. I'm pretty sure The Mask was on Cartoon Network a ton. Oh, Do you really? remember yeah, that? I don't think I've ever, I don't think I've actually, yeah, I don't think I've caught that or noticed or seen it. I, I don't mean, know this when would I've have seen been it on TV, like years ago, you're been, talking? Yeah, like 15, 20 years ago. But yeah, I don't what know. Movie, what year did, that, was that? 90, 95, 96? Yeah, I want to I want to say 95, but I was like, maybe not. <laughs> yeah. That's so the so year I was born, 95? 94. I, yeah, I remember 94. <laughs> yeah, so I, I remember seeing it on, I don't know if it was Cartoon Network. I don't know if that exactly fits, but I definitely remember seeing it on a lot. And that takes me to mine. So I kind of had two. Okay. <laughs> the first one, actually, I watched it the other day because it's almost football season. The replacements. Okay. Because Keanu Reeves, that's kind of where my love for Keanu Reeves started. It's a football movie. And obviously, I didn't catch a lot of the, you know, kind of adult <laughs> references and what was going on <laughs> right. that I obviously now appreciate and find funny. But it was just like a, a funny football movie me and uh, it was always on it's still always on if you if you turn on cmt or tbs like i think you might on, you know vh1 too yeah maybe vh1 it'll be playing at least once a month and i don't mind it because i can watch it any <laughs> single time and, and love it that that's one of them the other one is actually big daddy ah that's a good one. yeah and like you you would think i would have been uh um happy gilmore or billy madison or something else Mm -hmm. not that big daddy isn't good but it's not necessarily the classic sandler comedy yeah you got some mature choices (laughs) right right. i know i i shouldn't have been watching what i've been watching what i was watching as a kid um but yeah i just remember it being on and i remember like just feeling so literally mature watching it i was like yeah. man i this is deep and i'm like six years old just <laughs> like, like i can't wait to adopt <laughs> spilling cereal all over myself yeah exactly it's like oh man this this guy stepped up i can't wait to step up for my kid <laughs> yeah. like I, I it's just like I, this stuff you should not be thinking it or even bothered bothered by at like six years old or however however old i was like i but i just remember watching um watching that movie but also it ended up being um, Zach and Cody or uh, Dylan and Cole oh, yeah, Sprouse. Yeah, yeah. So like there was that connection too. So I just, of course, w- would continue to rewatch that movie. And it, it, it is, it is funny for the majority yeah. of the movie. It is funny, but it isn't like highly regarded as it's, one of the, the classic Sandler movies either. And it's not even like children funny. So the fact that you were like, enjoying, <laughs> no. <laughs> like there's nothing in that movie I could think of as a child, you'd find hilarious. So, but you found I, it the the part that i <laughs> that i was just like dying laughing at was um rob rob schneider is that yeah. his name yeah so which of course he's problematic now yeah but who isn't um <laughs> like he, he plays a very probably a little bit racist <laughs> character <laughs> oh, I, know, um, I know what you're gonna talk about <laughs> it, it, they're, they're doing the spelling bee because adam sandler's trying to teach teach uh his kid how to spell or whatever (laughs) and he's trying to spell hip hippopotamus (laughs) and he goes hip 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 
hippopotamus and he's like damn you you give him the easy ones and for some reason that just like struck my funny bone like hippopotamus yeah, it's just so stupid but that's right. that's my kind of humor it's just like the dumb jokes that some people cringe at i just find hilarious like that is my humor to a t like uh, i'm here for the dumb dad yeah. jokes and the puns and, and all that stuff so just like something like that obviously if it's like too cheesy i'll roll my eyes like everyone else but something like that that's not that funny but if it's just executed well it just, it just kills me and the uh the one guy that keeps falling asleep or whatever uh in, in big daddy as well i haven't who watched was, that who, in a while who was, who was falling asleep um i can't even think of the actor's name hold okay. on this is this is good radio right here yeah <laughs> uh i literally oh, oh it's a oh no it was um i can't i i literally googled guy falling asleep in big daddy but it's <laughs> it's um the how do you do fellow kids like that guy oh steve uh steve buscemi buscemi thank you <laughs> it's, it's steve i knew it was someone like obviously tied to sandler the, but the I, I, I couldn't think of the name <laughs> oh man yeah so like it, it's it but it's just one of those sandler movies where it's like you see the the rob schneider and obviously steve buscemi and there's a couple other ones in there yeah as well so you know is there a uh i know as a child we always like to repeat things is there like a line in that movie or even in the replacements is there something in there that you would say a lot or something that you would just mimic or do from those movies or no um i don't not from those movies in particular yeah. because with the replacements in general like or it, specifically it's uh <laughs> literally two opposite words with the replacements specifically it, it was like the, the humor or the the references which was a little bit above my head like at the time i started watching it and right. i didn't really catch it till i got older um and then big daddy it was just like i knew what i was watching but again i didn't really know what the hell they were talking about with, with some of the stuff right. um yeah because right. i was like wondering like if you ever said i wipe my own ass <laughs> oh i that that i did that i did say it's like i wipe my own ass um but, oh really it just comes out it's it, i remember more the funny parts rather than the stuff like i shouldn't have said at the time right. so like i know all the words to uh, i will survive by gloria Gaynor because of the replacements <laughs> okay uh, so like that's that used to be my go-to karaoke song because i i mean i can recite that you know like the alphabet even when i'm drunk so that that's really what i got from those you know movies. we know it's what like, to make the important you stuff we know what to make you sing during a karaoke night <laughs> oh i i am a i'm a fiend for some karaoke you don't even know don't even know all right let's get into some trailer talk um but obviously you know to wrap that up we we brought that up because obviously we're talking luca today and we're going to talk pixar movies so there's going to be a lot of nostalgia but also there's kind of some new school new era pixar stuff that we can kind of compare contrast with so should be a pretty good dis- discussion but obviously everyone has those movies where you remember them from watching those so much as a child but they're not technically uh <laughs> children's movies as you yes you know, so especially with mine yours wasn't that that that, that, that. Well, mine wasn't that bad i was either gonna go nutty professor though <laughs> nutty professor was also good like mine was like flubber but flubber is kind of like a kid's oh, yeah. um 
kids movie. It's kind of hard, like, thinking of, like, what movie that isn't a childhood movie or that isn't technically a children's movie that you've seen a lot in your childhood. Yeah, like, I was, I just had it off the top of my head, and that's what I knew. But, like, if I had to think of something else, which I know there was more, I mean, I couldn't think of anything that wasn't technically a kid's movie. I, I know the first movie I saw, is it a Pixar? No, I think it was a Disney, was the movie Dinosaur. Mm. Um, I think that's I have Disney. not seen that in a long time. I only saw it once. <laughs> <laughs> but I remember that was the first movie I saw in theaters. So, all right, trailer talk. And we are completely shifting gears with this first trailer. Yeah. First trailer we're going to talk about is Impeachment, an American crime story. Uh, this stars Clive Owen, Edie Falco, Beanie Feldstein, and will premiere on FX September 7th. And all you need to know is this takes place, or this um, is about uh, the Monica Lewinsky scandal. Obviously, Bill Clinton, Hillary Clinton, and, and Monica Lewinsky. Uh, we were, what, five years old at the time this happened? Maybe yeah. younger than that? When yeah, did this happen? Probably. I wasn't, I don't, yeah, I wouldn't know. I wasn't following the case. Yeah. <laughs> Point being, we we were we were just talking about like our childhood. We were even younger than that when this actually happened. But obviously, there are people that remember this like it was yesterday. Obviously, it's a huge deal, and you know, led to a, a bunch of different things. Even when Hillary Clinton ran for president, it, it was brought back up, and yeah. and and Monica Lewinsky herself has been much more outspoken recently, and has written books and stuff. And apparently, she had a direct part in this. Uh, script so she was able to see it through and really provide it with the the truth and the sense of authenticity it's not just like they're making it up but you're gonna get vibes from or as if it's kind of the uh what was the official title the oj series like the yeah the people versus oj people versus oj i was gonna say the united states versus oj but that didn't sound right um it's same director (laughs) I, i believe it's ryan murphy he does american horror story as well yeah so I mean, I assume that's kind of the vibes you got from it as well. Yeah, I really, I don't know if you've seen The People versus OJ, but I thought that was a great yeah, show. Yeah, because that came out when I was in college. So, yeah, I remember watching it. Yeah, I thought that was good. Uh, I believe, uh, what's her name? Uh, Sarah Paulson's also in this too. Yeah, she's, she's a, in this as well, but I, I wasn't as familiar with her with her role. But yeah, she's in all the Ryan Murphy stuff, obviously American Horror Story and, and uh, OJ as well. Definitely one of the greatest actresses in Super modern history. Underrated. Because she's like, yeah, she's definitely underrated. She can just become a chameleon for sure i mm-hmm. mm-hmm. would love to see her kind of like take that next step not that she's not appreciated because obviously doing tv is very difficult to do not everyone can do it but she's mastered that so i would love to see her like really hit the big screen and get the appreciation and recognition she deserves um but yeah, yeah that's I'm, really i'm, oh, I'm go sorry. ahead no, go i was ahead. surprised that um i was wondering who bill clinton who was going to play bill clinton and i'm kind of a little shocked that it's clive owen <laughs> i don't know if how he, if you <laughs> if you felt the same way or what's your thoughts it, on that it, yeah it feels weird but at the same time cuba didn't look like no OJ yeah, either true. no <laughs> so it's like it's a little off-putting but like not Might work it yeah it, yeah it doesn't take you out of it because usually you're just so um I feel weird saying enamored, but you know, you're just so captivated by the story and you want to know what's going on. Or if you remember it, you want to relive it or, or whatever. That's true. Um, yeah. That after the first like couple minutes, you're just like, okay, you know, this yeah. is Bill Clinton. This is OJ now. 
Yeah, so that's true. Yeah, so I mean, that's really all, all we can say right now. This starts September seventh on FX. So, um, you know, if this is your kind of wheelhouse, obviously people loved the the OJ series, and uh, there's another one um, that I forget the name of. Was that was about Gucci Versace? Versace. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I didn't see that one, but I know people like that one too. And obviously, American Horror Story is still going on. People love that. So. Uh, I believe it's Ryan Murphy. I, ho- I hope I'm not just like pulling that name out of my ass, but uh, he-, he knows what he's doing. And I expect this one to be another success because this is obviously a huge scandal. And like I said, the fact that Monica Lewinsky was directly involved in this provides with the authenticity it needs to be uh, something that does well and, and is successful because it is telling the story as it happened. But also Beanie Feldstein, I mean, she's going to be a, a power actress she was what uh not eighth grade what's the other one i was thinking of uh book smart book smart yeah yep yeah. she was great in that and then there's one other one that she was in uh i can't is remember she, is that a is that the one on hulu or something or is that a different no, i thought book smart was the one on hulu i mean that i mean like an actual like original hulu movie i think you might be right I don't Man, to. I am blanking today. I apologize to our listeners for uh, the bad radio. I'm just, you're going to hear me Googling. <laughs> also, I, like I could have done I mean, this shit myself. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, she was in Neighbors too. That's exactly what I was thinking of. Oh, was she a neighbor? Like the Zac Efron movie? Yeah, uh, oh, it, the second one. So like with the sorority, but that's exactly what I was thinking of. But she's actually playing Monica Lewinsky. So it's not like any a small role. Like yeah, this, is no, this is a big deal, yeah. both to the, the, the show but also, you know, Monica Lewinsky is an infamous, uh, I don't want to say character, like person in real yeah. life history. And she is directly involved. So you got to do, do it justice. But yeah, she was in Booksmart and that's really, um, that was her, her big break or so to speak, which yeah. is a good movie, by the way. Booksmart is, is very good. Um, but yeah. All right. Next trailer is... The Starling, which comes out on Netflix September 24th. This is directed by Theodore Melfi and stars Melissa McCarthy, Chris O'Dowd, and Kevin Klein. The reason we bring this up is uh, it won the kind of best picture equivalent of the Toronto International Film Festival, which is TIFF, and comes out soon. So obviously we, we wanted to, to bring it up, but after Lily suffers a loss, a combative starling takes nest beside her quiet home. The feisty bird taunts and attacks the grief-stricken Lily. On her journey to expel the starling, she rediscovers her will to live in capacity for love. I don't always love reading uh, the descriptions because it doesn't always do it justice. Sometimes no. it does, but like that makes it sound like a bird lady <laughs> and it's yeah. very much not like that that vibe um especially since the I, movie is named after a bird right right <laughs> which obviously is going to be like a metaphor yeah. for her, her grief and kind of her like it says her uh rediscovering her will to live and capacity for love but let me just say this is going to be a tearjerker like that that's mm-hmm. what it's going to come down to um obviously as you've listened to a couple of our episodes we like the the large scale action movies and, and the laughs and whatnot, but we will from time to time get deep 
and, and review some of these heartfelt movies. I mentioned it once before, A Star is Born, the recent one with Lady Gaga and Bradley Cooper, is one of my favorite movies of all time. And that, if you have not seen it, is depressing as shit. Yeah. <laughs> that is a very, very sad movie. And this one maybe more so of a kind of a, a optimistic or a feel-good sad movie, but definitely going to be sad. Yeah, because it tackles like some dark, some pretty heavy stuff. I dark shit, yeah, yeah. And, and you need movies to do that. You need music to do that. You need all forms of art to do that. And obviously movies fall into that category. So obviously we're not going to dive too much into it now. This is going to be a fun episode. We're talking about Luca and Pixar and nostalgia. We're going to get into a shit ton of Marvel news here in a second. But I I don't know if we're going to review this. September is kind of a dead month, so maybe. But it does open up a conversation to that type of movie where it's just like it tugs on your heartstrings a little bit, as some Pixar movies do. Like yeah. I know plenty of people that cry during Pixar movies. And obviously Pixar is good at delivering the message in kind of a easy way. Whereas something like this is like, it brings attention to obviously mental health and depression mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Um, but I, I really wanted to talk about Melissa McCarthy. Well, first of all, what did you think of the trailer before we get there? Yeah. I thought the same thing you were like, it's a tearjerker. It's definitely going to be uh, a tearjerker. And like I was saying, it tackles like heavy topics of depression and mental health and losing your child. Um, I don't know if, I don't know if they said miscarriage in this, but it looks like something along. Yeah. Lines. You got that vibe for sure. Yeah. So you just, you definitely know you're going to be feeling a, a lot of emotions watching this, but yeah. Mm-hmm. And like you're, you're going to, we're going to talk about Melissa McCarthy, but go ahead. What were you, what were you going to say about her? So Melissa McCarthy is one of those acts actresses similar to not quite to the extent uh sarah paulson because sarah paulson is just kind of underrated whereas melissa mccarthy i think she's Mm underappreciated she's very much typecast she's been used as comedic relief basically her entire career but you have seen those glimpses of some of her roles where it's like okay she is much more than the comedic relief like much much more she deserves her props but she not that like it's her fault, but she's also just in bad movies. So it, 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 it's, it's oh, hard. Man. Did you see that like, Netflix movie? Uh, last no, but I know the one you're talking about. And Jesus Christ, don't do it. Yeah. <laughs> it was the one with like superpowers, right? Yeah. Nah. Yeah. Don't do it. Yeah. Not, I'm not going to do it. So she also picks bad movies. So it's like, uh, I'm trying to defend yeah. you, but you're not helping me. So this <laughs> one, I, I hope is uh you know something i can use in her defense it's like hey she is a phenomenal actress and i hope she kind of breaks that mold and last week we just we did our top five favorite actors number one for me was matthew mcconaughey for those of you who aren't too familiar with matthew mcconaughey he was typecast for a long time he was the the heartthrob rom-com dreamy guy for mm-hmm. several movies i've seen how to get away or uh, how to lose a guy in 10 days i almost said how to get away with murder how to lose a guy in 10 days uh failure to launch um fool's gold uh, there's more sahara yeah. there, there's a ton like there's a list of like seven to ten that he did before he was finally like all right like i'm just tired of doing this i want to do something else and he didn't work for for like two years he talks about it in his memoir yeah. or his book and it was I a read, phenomenal part of that yeah it was this a phom- phenomenal story of him just like betting on himself saying like hey i can do more until he finally got 
a break, which I believe this was a Netflix movie too, Mud. Um, mm-hmm. He finally got a break with Mud where people were like, oh shit, he's a dramatic actor too. He's not just uh, a, a comedic relief or a heart, heartthrob. Was and that then, the, but was that his like first, that wasn't his first dramatic movie though, was it? Uh, not necessarily that that was the one that turned heads because I think okay, was it the Lincoln lawyer was before that? Oh, uh, yeah, I think, yeah. Uh, but that one wasn't anything necessarily to write home about. Mud, but Mud was a pretty good movie, and but that was the one that, like I said, turned people's heads. And then next thing you know, he's winning an Academy Award for Dallas Buyers Club and is doing all these movies and really, you know, became an A list top tier actor and i think and i hope melissa mccarthy kind of follows suit where it's just like okay put your foot down start saying no to some of these roles that yeah you maybe you make 15 million dollars but if that's all you're going to do for the rest of your career granted i would do the same shit like if i'm getting 15 million dollars fucking make me a meme for all i care like (laughs) i'm 15 million dollars richer but uh, I, i just hope that we get to see the best of melissa mccarthy and not like what hollywood has made her out to be yeah and i I will say i i agree with your what you're saying um i brought up the mask and jim carrey was in that movie and i think a lot of people a lot of comedic actors i mean they they turn out really well they turn out to do really well in in their dramatic roles and i don't know what it is but some of the comedic a lot of comedic actors are great in in drama movies and i think Melissa's always been a comedian in her movies, and mm-hmm. I think she's making that shift. I forgot what the movie was uh, a couple years ago that was nominated for an Oscar, but she's starting to make that dramatic shift, just like the Robin Williams, just like the Jim Carrey's. And um, I think that's probably what really helps you figure out how good of an actor comedians are. And I think she's been proving that slowly, and we're probably going to see her make an even bigger dramatic film because I don't even think. I don't think this will be her last drama film that she does, but that's one thing I've noticed is like comedian, comedic actors and comedians, they're like the un- unexpected uh, people who you think would crush a dramatic role. Mm-hmm. I think I forgot who said it, but I think some one comedian was saying that it's a lot harder to be funny than it is to be dramatic. Yeah, because calculating jokes and making jokes is so tough because not everything is going to land, not everything's going to be funny. But that's definitely like an underrated thing to do is be funny, underappreciated mm-hmm. skill. I mean, mm-hmm. yeah, uh, yeah, I can't remember who said that, but it is. I, I would also agree. I mean, not that I have any experience in either, but yeah. uh, I-, I can see how that would be true, and that's probably why you see someone like Ms. Melissa McCarthy. I think the the kind of breakout for her was bridesmaids i mean she was in stuff yeah that was her like, yeah she was in like gilmore girls and I, I haven't seen it but i know that she was like in that for a bunch of episodes and whatnot uh but i think bridesmaids was really her her breakout and then she kind of had some other low-level comedies like identity thief the heat tammy mm-hmm. which you know it was just the same role over and over again hangover part three also another one and then it kind of just extended that she's been on Mike and Molly for, or she was a star in that forever. And obviously that, that went several seasons. So I'm not saying she's not successful, right? Um, but she, you know, she deserves better at the same time. For sure. So, for sure. Mm-hmm. So it looks like the, the starling is uh, 
part of that. Also, I'm looking at her IMDb page. She's going to be, I assume it's cameo. Uh, she's going to be in Thor Love and Thunder as well. Oh, yeah. I see. Yeah, I see that too. <laughs> and she's playing Ursula in the live action Little Mermaid. So that's also, uh, I mean, obviously that that's a kid's movie, but that's not going to be a comedic role. So that yeah. that's something she can definitely either knock out of the park if she takes it seriously, which I assume she will. She's a professional. Or it can flop and it kind of just enhances the narrative that of who she is right yeah so definitely if you if we put a, a big board of actresses to watch people to watch i, I would put her up there because uh yeah i agree yeah definitely she's always a bright spot in her movies yeah even if it's like the only bright spot yeah exactly. <laughs> usually it's not the, the reason it, it yeah. movie goes wrong that's true. all right so this is obviously it's not a review but this is kind of this is our marvel segment okay there's a shit ton of marvel news going on that we are going to talk about obviously with a couple trailers coming out but there's just so much of it it's just easier to kind of wrap it into one segment and talk about it all at once so what we're going to get we're you know this will end the first half of the show and then the second half of the the show is going to be all pixar related but there's just stuff we have to talk about because one it's fucking exciting as shit yeah, but two, it, it's just like it's just easier to talk about all at once, get it out of the way, so that way we can give all our attention to Luca and the review and Pixar. So first, bit of news: um, Shang Chi, ninety-two percent on Rotten Tomatoes, and this is after a good bit of reviews. It, I think, it opened at like ninety-one, and then it dropped down to eighty-six, but then a, another wave of reviews came in. And now it's up to ninety-two. I. Mm-hmm. Uh, we talked about kind of our thoughts on Rotten Tomatoes, but this has to be good news for the, the movie, right? Oh, that's definitely good news. I mean, <laughs> Disney or whoever studios bank on the Rotten Tomatoes numbers. Like if a movie, mm-hmm. especially when was it come out two weeks or it was two weeks it was shown like, yeah. So we or, had two weeks to the release yeah, date from days. when it was released, from when it was premiered. Mm-hmm. I mean, so if they're releasing, letting uh, critics uh, reviews come out early, this early, then it's they're pretty confident in their product. And the fact that they got such a high score, such a high score right now, that's mm-hmm. a, that's a big, that's a big deal for them. Yeah. I've criticized the the marketing campaign for Shang-Chi. Not that I was ever not excited for it, right. but it, it, it's such, it's such a strange marketing campaign for, especially for a big studio like Disney in a major franchise like Marvel. It just didn't make much sense to me because you're seeing a new clip, a new trailer. Shit, they released a like a minute and a half, like a 90 second long fight scene on the bus. Yeah, yeah. And I'm just like, okay, have they done why? that before? Have they done that before? No, with a not, movie? no. And that's what that's my that's what my problem is. It's like, why are you just? It feels like we're getting so much of the movie given to us, which I know is not true. Marvel is so good about the the yeah. fake outs and, and whatnot in their trailer. Like you see something in their trailer, but you, it won't be in the movie. They are so good at that. So this isn't like detracting from my excitement for the movie, but it's just so confusing that we're getting so much Shang-Chi. But at the same time, I get it because you have Eternals in No Way Home right after that. And it just it's nonstop for the next four years until you have another like break and you can breathe and kind of reset. And obviously you're going to have a new cast and presumably like young Avengers taking over and all that stuff. But 
it's also a new character like i can right maybe they're, they're probably skeptical on that i don't i don't know they probably hear things that we don't hear and they probably have news or information or data that they that we don't know that they're like okay we need to drop this and this was really giving it's reminding me of the marketing for free guy like i wasn't really that interested in free guy and i wouldn't and shang chi was like interesting but i wasn't like getting excited and then mm-hmm. both turned out to be great movies or get highly uh rated reviews and then they start and then ryan reynolds and whoever is just showing all the spoilers and all the big twists or whatever and from free guy so that's kind of hopefully they're not going to do any spoilers in their in their future trailers for shang chi but they clearly gave away that uh the fight scene and then i think they re- released another trailer which was like two minutes long and which i haven't seen because i'm trying to do my best not to have things spoiled for me too because i want to be just as shocked when i see it the first time as everybody else was when they saw the premiere but it was definitely i was definitely getting that free guy marketing vibe like like underwhelming trailer then great reviews once it gets premiered and then it's like okay we're going to show you some 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 important shit or we're going to show you (laughs) crucial scenes or at least uh, um fight scenes or uh, that are like a minute Mm -hmm. long right and Obviously, Marvel has made their mistakes, and it seems like they're kind of ironing them out now. Like, if Shang-Chi had come out in, like, 2010, mm-hmm. I think it's probably one of the worst Marvel movies, and that's no fault of any of the actors or crews or whatever. It's just, you know, they, they were kind of flying by the seat of their pants until they realized what they had and what it could be. And now mm-hmm. it's like they're very methodical with what they do and how they do it and what they reveal when they reveal it obviously as as we've seen for years and years and years now since the the mistakes have been made so again this isn't to detract away from my excitement but i agree with you i'm trying to avoid anything that that's coming out and but uh, you and i are also in a a a different stance where we're going to see it anyways so like we don't need anything more but there are people out there who like this is a new character but it's also a character they probably haven't heard of in the comics or anything like yeah like you you might have heard i'm trying to think of a new character that's coming out like um like i think kang no we i think we heard yeah kang yeah Yeah. like kang or galactus like some of the villains you've you've probably heard of them if you know anything about the comics even like loosely like i do like i'm not a huge comic guy but i know the stories and and whatnot and obviously the characters but i had never heard of shang chi before uh, you know, they announced the movie coming. Yeah, that's out. true. This is like their most obscure, underknown, I think unknown so. uh, character that they've ever shown. Like, I think the closest was Ant Man, but even that, everybody at least was aware. Maybe of Guardians. His, his oh, that's true. Guardians. Ga- Guardians was such a like wild concept at the time, true. like a yeah. talking raccoon, a walking tree, like that kind of stuff, and just yeah, those, obviously yeah. the James Gunn vibe, which we obviously talked about with Suicide Squad. So that was probably, a, but even still, Guardians was pretty well known because they're a group. And they have obviously a bunch of adventures and a bunch of different renditions of the Guardians. It's not just the five that we see currently. So yeah, I think just from a, a mainstream global or a mainstream commercial standpoint, I think Shang Chi and uh, Guardians of the Galaxy were just definitely the most mm-hmm. uh, unknown obscure characters from the universe MCU or uh, yes. Marvel. So I appreciate Marvel and Kevin Feige at least doing their best to try to build up hype because I think they know obviously it's obscure too and they want to build up hype. So they're, they made sure to do the martial arts well, and they made sure to give it mm-hmm. its fair share of marketing, especially with probably more anticipated movies coming out right after it, specifically Spider-Man just a couple months later, 
Like obviously due to the mm-hmm. pandemic, they wouldn't have, you know, compressed the release schedule to the way it is now, but they can't really sit on them either because these actors are getting older and they have so much sitting on so much needed work on that. Just need to pump them out. It's not ideal, but it's the way it, it's going to need to work whenever it is. Um, but I, you know I like interesting? that they're taking care of it. What's up? Um, I feel like, I feel like Marvel may have like used snake eyes as a gauge for, for uh, an excitement for an Asian led action movie. And mm-hmm. I think they've seen, they've seen how snake eyes was received and how to the, to the public. And they're probably trying to make sure that, okay, Hey, we're doing action. We're doing fighting way better than what the fuck they did in that movie. So we're just going to show you right now and let you know, like, Hey, this is not snake eyes. This is way better than that. So that's probably, I don't know. I don't know how studios will work, but I would feel like if they're trying to market and separate their movie from another movie, that's really similar. Then I think that's probably why they made, that's probably why they made that decision to show a, a fight scene like that. And that's probably a good call. Um, because you can only take the word of critics and Rotten Tomatoes so far. We, we've talked about it. Rotten Tomatoes is very inconsistent, mm-hmm. um, in my opinion. Not that it's unreliable, but it definitely is inconsistent. Like some of the movies uh, that are wildly loved by audience, like you'll see shit scores for and vice versa. Um, but it does get it right probably more often than not. Right. Um, so, but again, point being, you can only go so far. So you need to have some good faith going into a movie. So that's probably what Marvel's doing. And their marketing campaign is for those fringe fans, not like you and me, like I said, like yeah. we're going to see it anyways. We're probably going to like it anyways. So the, the marketing campaign is to draw in those fringe fans that don't understand why Shang-Chi is relevant mm-hmm. or will be relevant. So that makes sense. Um, speaking of kind of an obscure group or character or storyline the eternals trailer so we got uh, an eternals trailer a couple weeks ago and it was a teaser trailer in the purest sense um i like to think of myself as uh obviously a marvel guy but i also know a lot of what's going on because i i do research i don't don't just like know offhand like i do my research and watch my videos (laughs) and, and whatnot He's but, omniscient, guys. <laughs> yeah, fucking Professor X up in here. <laughs> um, but I, I didn't know anything about the Eternals. And after watching the first trailer, I knew even less than I knew before. Like, they gave <laughs> nothing. And, like, Marvel trailers will sometimes give nothing. Like, the Infinity War trailer barely gave anything. Like, obviously, we knew what was happening. But you didn't get much, yeah. right? Um, same thing with Endgame, like obviously kind of different scale, but Marvel will give trailers where they don't give a lot away. We'll talk about that with the next trailer we're going to talk about. But this one was just such a teaser. It's so like, I don't even know what what is going on. <laughs> like, yeah, I don't even know I'm, what I'm being teased. <laughs> I'm clueless so, for sure. Yeah. So the second one made so much more sense. So much more sense. And I'll, yeah. I'm going to talk about I'm going to break it down a little bit. Because I'm sure if I didn't know what was going on, the people that just like watching MCU movies without doing like the research and kind of the the Easter egg dive and whatnot, they're going to be like, what the fuck is going on as well? So I'll break it down a little bit more. But first, what did you think of the trailer and 
how excited are you for this movie? Because one, it's directed by probably the best director of any Marvel movie, and that's Chloe Zhao, who just won Best Director for Nomadland at this yeah. past Oscars. So you know it's going to be good in script and how it's made and whatnot. But two, the cast is phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Absolutely phenomenal. I don't think people are talking about that enough. That's a sexy, so, that's like the sexiest cast. Ever. Oh, oh <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. So how excited are you for this movie? You know, I I don't know if I have like, you know, I will say I am excited, but I, I was trying to think of like what I could compare it to because I know the Shang-Chi is like the first character where I really didn't know too much about, and also Eternals is uh another group of superheroes that I don't know too much about but i feel like mm-hmm. and i don't know i don't know why or what it is maybe it is the cast I, I do feel a little bit more excitement for eternals even though i know nothing about them even though they don't really show much even though i don't know what the hell is still going on in in, in their world other than the fact that they are aware of thanos and aware of um you know all these wars and whatever their history was that all that is like an interesting concept but i think I think what I do appreciate about this direction that they're going in is that there's like a little bit more depth in these, in these characters. There's like a, there's a religious allegory and like undertones in this one. And, you know, the seven days references and all of that. And you you have like quality actors in, 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 in this movie. So that's appealing in and of itself. And then like the, the color palette and the tone and the, the visual, like, the, I think this is like one of the most, some of the most elegant, sophisticated VFX yep. I've seen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I think this reminds me of, it reminds me of Black Panther, but Black Panther failed in the VFX in the third act. So hopefully they don't do this, mis- make that mistake in the Eternals. And also what I appreciate in this is that Chloe Zhao wanted to be, wanted to film this movie in a more practical setting. So it's, it's, it's nice to see the contrast of the real world with the vfx which looks stunning and then like i like her 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 color palette and her and, her, and the tone that she's chose chosen for this movie is like really serene and tranquil so i don't know it's like it's got a common feel to it so uh, but i am I, if you can't tell I'm, I'm fairly excited definitely a little bit more excited for, than shang chi but hey my opinion could change after i see the movie for uh, shang chi mm-hmm. yeah um so my, my first thought with this is Marvel is so good at identifying young and upcoming actors. Uh, if you look, I mean, yeah. Robert Downey Jr. had a, a resume, but it was definitely more of kind of a reclamation project. I hope uh, <laughs> Mr. RDJ, if you're listening to this, I hope that's not offensive, um, but his, his struggles were widely known prior to Iron Man and obviously Iron Man, I think it's safe to say turned his career around um, for the better. And (laughs) so he was definitely not a sure thing. Iron Man easily could have failed if RDJ did not take it seriously. Chris Evans had a couple small roles and a couple leading roles, but definitely wasn't uh, a sure thing. Chris Hemsworth, uh, I think Edward Norton definitely was established, but even that didn't even work. So they pivot to Mark Ruffalo, who was, uh, again, not a sure thing. Uh, And Mark Ruffalo is probably one of the most beloved actors in Hollywood. He's just like kind of like this innocent vibe. Um, 
but it just goes on and on and on. Like Brie Larson Academy Award winner, but definitely kind of silver Sarah Paulson kind of vibes where she was underrated. Uh, Tom Holland and the list goes on and on and on. It, yeah. it just seems like they nail so many of their castings, right? Yeah, they we do. don't appreciate how well they nail the directors. And mm-hmm. Chloe yeah. Zhao is the perfect example because obviously they signed her on to do this movie prior to her winning for Nomadland, but they still had the uh, foresight or the, I guess, r- recruitment team or whoever identifies the, these potential yeah. directors to handle these movies. They saw, hey, Chloe Zhao, real fucking deal. Yeah, go get it. <laughs> <laughs> and, and now, if you try to sign her after the you know the academy award on, on the resume good fucking luck yeah like sure, marvel yeah. might not even get her back <laughs> like because <laughs> yeah. of how how much her career is about to take off so I'm, I'm i have a lot of faith right even though i don't know a lot i do have a lot of faith in this movie and the most recent trailer and doing a little bit of research got me super excited so i'm going to give you guys a quick rundown of the eternals i'm not going to spend too much time on it uh, i want to fly through this marvel talk so that way we can get to luca um, but the Eternals. Okay. So basically the concept of the Eternals is uh, they're celestials, which are just like the, I don't want to say gods because gods are a different thing in the MCU, but they're the, the highest power in, in the universe. Uh, there's one celestial uh, eternity who's kind of overseeing. And then she makes the celestials, which are, you know, your Galactus. There's Eson the searcher, which, for those of you who remember Guardians of the Galaxy, he's the big um, one with the power stone that wipes out the planet. Um, there's a couple other ones we see in the trailers. There's a bunch. And then the Celestials made the Deviants and the Eternals, which are kind of like ended up being the good guys and the bad guys because the Deviants they made the deviants first the deviants turned and then they made the eternals to kind of protect the earth so long story short the eternals are on earth to protect earth right Mm -hmm. and everyone's question is if they're the if they are there to protect earth against the deviants why did they not help with thanos because thanos is technically part deviant thanos Mm -hmm. father in the comics was a deviant actually born on earth so he is part deviant and he is a celestial he's a celestial from titan he doesn't die Right. So why did they not help? And you kind of see that in the trailer. Um, Kit Harrington, who's Jon Snow in Game of Thrones, he asks Gemma Chan's character, why did you guys not help with Thanos? And she basically says we were instructed not to. Mm-hmm. And everyone's like, that's a load of bullshit. Why <laughs> did they not help? They were there the whole time. You see in the trailers, there's like flashbacks to wars and mm-hmm. all sorts of conflict um, you see a city falling into the ocean, which people think is going to directly set up the Atlantis with uh, Namor, who's going to be in Black Panther 2, mm. and, and, and which probably is spot on, by the way. Yeah. Um, but like, why did they not intervene? And she basically says, we're not supposed to inter- intervene in human conflict. We're here to protect deviants. And then they're like, oh, well, look, there's a fucking deviant right there. You didn't do shit. <laughs> right. And she basically says we were instructed not to. OK. And that's people's biggest problem that I'm seeing with this movie. Yeah. It's like, this is a load of shit. Okay. What they need to understand is the celestials. This is going to, it sounds so weird explaining it, but just <laughs> bear with me. If you're a Marvel fan, you're, you're into this conversation. So just bear with me. The celestials planted an egg on earth. 
the er or the egg needs cosmic energy in order to grow and hatch, so to speak, mm. right? Cosmic energy, humans in life gives off low level cosmic energy. But if you think about Endgame, there was two snaps on Earth. And then five years earlier, there was another snap on Earth. So you have three infinity oh, yeah. stone snaps on the same planet, which kind of super charges the egg. And obviously with all those people coming back in Endgame, that large spark of cosmic energy really got the egg going. So that's why you see Selma Hayek's character saying we have seven days until basically the egg hatches. If the egg hatches, the earth is going to explode. That's basically, so they either need to destroy the egg or, you know, find a way to safely hatch it. The celestial who's in charge, I believe it's Eason the searcher. I might be, or there's another one. They have weird names. Bear with me. Okay. They think they're there to on earth to protect it from deviance. Turns out they're there to protect the egg. The, the celestials don't care about earth. They care about the egg. The eternals don't realize that until basically the shit with Thanos happens. They probably wanted to protect Thanos or protect the earth from Thanos, but were told not to. And then really started questioning why they were there. And that's kind of what it takes us into, right? They're learning what, what is really going on and you just kind of have to have faith in kevin feige that you know there's going to be a good reason why you haven't seen them yet is basically what i'm trying to say yeah right just give them a little bit of faith before you judge say thanos is a deviant like this is bullshit just relax relax i understand you're getting excited i am too but just relax okay it's going to be a pretty good job of handling the source material and making it work for their own universe so i'm i i do have confidence and and faith that they'll be able to explain everything and make everything Mm -hmm. make sense yeah so that that was my quick probably not the greatest breakdown of the eternals but (laughs) it it, hopefully it provides you an overview of what's going on you get a little bit more context so i I definitely didn't know any of that stuff so thanks (laughs) (laughs) oh you're welcome but yeah that's what's going on and just watch the movie before you rush to judgment um the last thing i'll say about the eternals is one i'm afraid there's going to be a villain problem we've talked about that yeah um i think that's probably going to be the case because we don't know a ton about the celestials and really the only one we do is galactus who's a fantastic four villain which we are getting a fantastic four movie but it's probably like 2024 so it's a little soon yeah. for galactus um so without really having established the celestials prior to this movie it's hard to really care about a villain um so i'm afraid of that but two and one that's kind of been circulating the eternals might be delayed and that's uh, really depends on shang chi's box office production if it does well eternals will stay put if it doesn't it's going to get pushed and that's just because marvel can't do what they did with black widow granted they probably made their money back with black widow that wasn't the problem but black widow should have made more than a billion dollars and it definitely did not and all these marvel movies should be making more than a billion dollars and right now they're not so my advice to you is go see shang chi in theaters <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> please so we don't have any more delayed movies Next one we're going to talk about. Obviously, the one that broke the internet last night, Spider-Man No Way Home. Kim Kardashian. Uh, oh. At, 
<laughs> pretty sure there was a come or, come on our back in the video yeah um <laughs> comeback story <laughs> comeback story um oh god what a clip uh obviously the 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 trailer that broke the internet last night's the one everyone's been waiting for screw shang chi screw black widow screw the eternals we just want spider-man no way home we finally got it and it did not disappoint it alluded to what we thought uh a multiverse we're getting confirmed alfred merlina back as doc ock all but confirmed willem defoe's back as green goblin confirmed jamie fox back as electro which basically confirms quote unquote that toby Maguire and andrew garfield will be back reprising yeah. their roles as spider-man in their respective universes coming over to the mainline mcu and presumably helping tom holland fight all these villains it looks like they're setting up a sinister six which is this is a very creative way to do it because obviously if you have six different spider-man movies you need to you would have to have six different Spider-Man movies before you could would set up a Sinister Six. So this is a very creative way to use what was already there in order to create a Sinister Six. This is awesome. It lived up to the hype. Uh, I don't think I have to say much about it because this is the one everyone's been talking about. Everyone knows Spider-Man. You know Doctor Strange. Um, there's definitely some questions and some Easter eggs. If you have questions, go to the <laughs> go do your own research. But <laughs> I mean, did did you like this trailer? Are you? I assume you're excited. No, man, I fucking hated this trailer. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, but man, I watched this trailer literally a bunch of times. But on that first time, man, like you know, they say you never forget your first. I didn't forget. I didn't forget my first. Loins were throbbing. Body parts were hardening. More specifically, <clears throat> my nipples. You know, heart was palpitating. Just everything. <laughs> everything was percolating. So. And when and when the Sam Raimi villains started being teased and showing up, I was like, pop, I was about to pop like a weasel because the weasel go pop. And I've just never been looking forward. I've never looked forward to a Spider-Man trailer (laughs) (laughs) as much as this one. And it's mainly because all of the news and all the shit that you just mentioned, like with Tobey Maguire and all the reports and, you know, Andrew Garfield and whatnot that we've heard. And I do want to say I've also never been this excited for a Spider-Man movie since Spider-Man 3. And hopefully I won't have to say I haven't been this disappointed in a Spider-Man movie <laughs> since Spider-Man, Spider-Man 3. 3. <laughs> so, <laughs> so hopefully everything goes well because I know they're doing basically the same stuff in Spider-Man 3, you know, throwing a whole bunch of villains. But hopefully this sticks. Mm-hmm. But yeah, as you can tell, I am excited. I definitely enjoyed this this trailer. Yep. I'm, definitely, I'm hyped for it. Yeah, definitely still... A- a low level concern for the villains because uh the opposite of what we've seen in past marvel movies with a villain problem and not really caring about the villain the problem with spider-man 3 was there's too many villains and like there's just too much going on like spider-man 3 you really had kind of like three different villains going on you had harry osborne and kind of him finding out about spider-man you had uh obviously venom and then you had sandman and, and like it made for a cool like final action sequence but like the lead up to that was just like it was just one big jumbled mess um so this you have kind of similar concerns but one it's in much better hands with kevin feige and the people at marvel yeah. uh, than it was in sony i mean we still have problems with sony even though they are better than they once were mm-hmm. um but again this is just a very clever way to do it like you it's have the clever. multiverse um, for those of you who have seen Loki, if you haven't, I'm going to give probably a big spoiler, but Ooh, yeah. just, just <laughs> spoiler s- alert. skip through this. Spoiler alert. Um, you know, 
at the end of Loki, we saw the multiverse kind of break open with what happened. And we all presume that's how we were going to get all the, the Spider-Man going forward. Turns out uh, this actually happens in the comics. Spider-Man goes to Doctor Strange to kind of reverse what, what Mysterio did in, in outing his, his his identity. So that's actually canon. That that actually or was source material that, that yeah. was in the comics. And it was just spell gone wrong because, you know... Do you know the the comic that I mean I know it I'm just asking if you if you're I don't I'm not that familiar but are you familiar with the source that they might have pulled from uh like the actual the, edition yeah yeah the storyline that they pulled from I can find it but I don't know it off the top of my head um well I, I was saying like I, I kind of know it but I'll do so my best to explain it if you I, if, I know in the comics he kind of makes a deal with Mephisto yeah like that mephisto the one we all thought was going to be in wandavision mm-hmm. and we might actually see in a uh, multiverse madness um maybe as a teaser i don't think he's going to be the uh uh the the main villain um and he makes a deal and it kind of just goes sideways from that so yeah. that's basically that's, a, that's basically yeah. like the i think it was called one more one more day and it's funny yes just because yes. Mm-hmm. because this story was apparently critically panned and even fans hated it so it's 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 kind of yeah it's a little risky to take a story that everybody hated and then pull elements from it but i guess if you pull up the good stuff and use it to your advantage you might be able to come out with a decent product but yeah that's big because in one more day they have the same storyline like peter's uh, identity gets revealed and he, he asked for help from tony stark but he goes to dr strange and then oh i don't know if you know i just noticed this like on the 10th time I saw the trailer <laughs> that in the background right behind Peter is a, a, a picket sign that says devil in disguise. So I feel like that's their yeah, that might connection be a, to, yeah, yeah, to, to an the illusion edition. to Mephisto. Yeah. Or to Mephisto might show it. We don't know. We don't know. It's just speculation. This Mephisto is true. might be referenced. Yeah. I, I don't think Mephisto will show up, but yeah, yeah. Um, I do think they, pulled from the comics and they've changed a lot of comics to what we see in the movies they've done it on several occasions i'm not going to go through all of them but they have done it before so it's not like completely unheard of but i I see people saying like oh why would dr strange do that they have a lot Mm -hmm. of problems with dr strange in this one you have to remember (laughs) that dr strange was a pompous asshole Mm -hmm. in, in his own standalone movie he was the guy that thought he was invincible, he could do any surgery. He didn't want to do surgeries that were too hard or not necessarily too hard, but ones that could damage his perfect record. He was a mm-hmm. pompous asshole. So you don't think that him becoming the most powerful sorcerer, the sorcerer Supreme, that some of that is going to spill over. Like you a hundred percent see that in this trailer he thinks he can do whatever the fuck he wants yeah i mean that's why he he does that spell even though wong tells him not to and and this is that this is kind of the fallout like he blames peter that he's trying to live two lives and that's why shit went wrong and obviously peter's talking during the spell and distracting him but Mm -hmm. strange is also a pompous asshole people need to remember that and i mean it's crazy because dr strange came out in like 2016 so it was seems like forever since it we've does. gotten uh, a Dr. Strange focused, uh, you know, material, even though he was such a large part in Endgame. Yeah. And look at and him Infinity now. Like, War. Like if you, if you look at Dr. Strange now, he, you can tell he's returned back to that pompous 
uh right because he defeated thanos like no yeah, it's he, because he has all that gel in his hair did you see how much jelly had oh, in his yeah hair? That was a fucking ton of gel but like yeah you hear him see like oh or you hear him say excuse me that oh we saved half the universe together like yeah which they did but you can tell he thinks he was the, the sole reason for it even though the real hero of endgame was the rat who pressed the button and released ant-man from the quantum realm <laughs> um but yeah i mean we can we're going to talk a ton about spider-man going forward so we're not gonna spend too much time on it now we've already spent a lot of this episode on it um I, i'm just really fucking excited yeah so what it comes down to so that, that's basically it yeah we'll, we'll do deep dives and and whatnot and uh wait also did you see how you saw how doc act was like looking looking sexier now <laughs> Yeah, he, he he's all GQ'd up. Yeah, he's wearing he, a little turtleneck, and, and I saw your tweet about him not yeah. showing his his uh his, his little his chest his meat, chest, chest, chest meat, yeah, yeah, because yeah. yeah. yeah, he looked a little Dateline ish. How to catch a predator? He was giving me that vibe in Spider Man too, but now he looks like he goes to artisan coffee shops. And hey, I, that's a coffee shop I want to go to. I'll yeah, pay thirty dollars <laughs> for an espresso. That's where funny Doc enough, Ock he, goes. Yeah, because funny enough, didn't he, he throw? A, a car at peter parker at a coffee shop and uh, yeah yeah like, absolutely <laughs> did absolutely did. it's called a crossover um, but yeah we'll, we'll talk more about it as obviously we learn more i assume we'll get a second trailer prior to the release and after like when our shang chi episode um comes out in a couple of weeks i'm sure we'll talk about upcoming marvel movies then maybe we'll do oh you know what we're gonna do like a rankings of the marvel properties that we're most excited for we'll do that that hasn't come out yeah, the upcoming okay. ones. Yeah, 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 gotcha. Um, so we'll do that, and we'll we'll give it a little more talk there because I'm sure we'll know more in a in the next coming weeks. Um, oh, and also, I know you haven't been caught up yet, but what if the Marvel series on Disney Plus, phenomenal, oh, yes. the latest episode was absolutely phenomenal. It's my favorite episode of any of the Disney proper or Disney shows. So, WandaVision, Falcon, Winter Soldier loki and what if the most recent one was my favorite out of any of the episodes aside from the loki finale um oh really it it was just so well done and for those of you who aren't familiar with it it's it it literally is what it is like what it says it's what if like what if the first one is what if peggy carter got the super soldier serum Mm -hmm. instead of steve rogers this most recent one was what if the ravagers kidnapped or yeah, kidnapped uh, T'Challa instead of Peter Quill, and T'Challa became Star Lord. Absolutely phenomenal! Uh, just please go watch. Um, uh, yeah, it, I have to watch it because what if I actually saw the show? I'd have something to talk about. But yeah, <laughs> that too. But also, I mean, it, it it does pull the nostalgia because Chadwick Boseman does voice T'Challa in What If, and that was his last you know contribution from for. Yeah. Uh, for marvel so obviously it's very sad but also you're happy to be able to hear him again can you believe it's been like two years really two years wow or maybe it's been a year no it was two yeah it probably is two years it just feels like it's gone by so fast well and now i'm confusing myself because it was two years to the day yesterday where sony and marvel didn't reach an agreement on spider-man spider-man briefly left the mcu but I can't remember if it's been one or two years since uh, Chadwick Boseman passed away, but it's been a long time. It, it feels like it just happened. So oh, it was uh, last year. 
Okay, so it's been a year. So two years yeah. for the Spider-Man thing, a year for it's Chadwick Boseman. So it is good to hear his voice one last time. But yeah, great, great episode. Highly recommend. Last bit of Marvel talk is Venom. Let there be carnage has officially been delayed to January, taking Morbius's spot, and Morbius will be pushed back um, even further. I presume probably till June or something like that. Uh, Morbius, by the way, is the vampire in the marvel comics and is a spider-man villain and will be played by jared leto but it doesn't seem like there's as much hype for that so i don't think anyone cares that morbius is being delayed um just my quick thoughts on venom being delayed i don't Mm. necessarily see this as a bad thing uh this news came out less than 24 hours after the no way home trailer broke the internet and Mm. by moving venom to a couple literally a couple weeks so spider-man comes out december 17th and they're moving uh venom to like the second week in january so it's going to be riding the coattails in the hype of spider-man and obviously it ties right into spider-man and will eventually become like the sony spider-man universe or whatever um that's smart yeah so it's smart for them to do that but the second reason october is absolutely packed with movies so it had a lot of competition uh, you know, the the new Bond movie, Halloween Kills, oh, Dune, yeah. Many Saints, Newark, etc. There's a ton of movies coming out uh, in, coming out in October and the box office has been struggling as is. So for it to do well and to do what it should get, it mm-hmm. would have had to fight off a lot of movies. So yeah, moving true. out of a, a packed month isn't really the worst thing in the world. And it's also just kind of like a hedge bet in case like the Delta variant becomes too much. Yep. Like if everything shuts down again, well, Venom now has first dibs at, you know, presumably when things will open back up and everything else is going to have to get in line behind Venom. Right. So there's a ton of reasons to delay it. And really October to January, isn't that long of a delay. Like when the pandemic first hit, you had things being pushed a year, 18 months, whatever. But this is three months and it almost makes more sense. Also, January is just like a a notorious bad movie month. Like nothing comes out. Yeah, that's right. So it's going to have no competition at all. So I think it makes a lot of sense. So I'm not too too worried about it. Obviously, I'm worried about the Delta variant shutting shit down again. (laughs) But I'm not worried about them delaying movies. I don't think it's necessarily going to cause a chain reaction. Obviously, if shit changes, it could, but I don't, I'm not too worried about it at that moment. All right. That was a lot of Marvel talk. A lot of Marvel talk. But uh, like I said, a lot of shit went down. So we had to talk about it. Hopefully, you guys got something out of it. And, you know, we weren't just, (laughs) you know, fanboying for 45 (laughs) minutes or however long we just talked. All right. Let's get into Luca. All right. Because this was a very pleasant and surprising movie. I actually enjoyed it. It came out uh, last month on Disney Plus. It was straight to streaming. It was not in theaters. Luca, on the Italian Riviera, an unlikely but strong friendship grows between a human being, human being, excuse me, and a sea monster disguised as a human. Directed by Enrico Casarosa and stars Jacob Tremblay, Jack Dylan Grazer, Emma Berman, a um, couple other voices obviously all voice roles i like that i like the way you said that name right they put a little spice on it casa rosa <laughs> yeah. um 
Yeah, uh, Maya Rudolph, Jim Gaffigan. Um, I believe there. Oh, Sasha Baron Cohen is yeah, very in, briefly, in, very briefly in this as well. Seven point five on IMDb and ninety one percent on Rotten Tomatoes, which was a little surprising to, to see. Um, What's the I'll, audience I'll, score I, for that? Uh, on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah, do you know that is a good question? It is. Let me pull it up right quick. Do, 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 do. 87. So it's still right okay. there. Yeah. All right. Uh, I'm going to let you talk first because I've been talking a lot. <laughs> That's okay. Yeah. You've so, been breaking down Marvel and giving us history lessons. So I appreciate it. But yeah. Yeah. Go um, for it. So I will say Luca is a very pleasant film. The only thing I, th- I think I have a, I, I, you know what? This is not the movie. I see the high ratings. I see the 75, uh, 7.5, the 91, the 87. I'm thinking, okay, yeah, this is going to be classic Pixar movie or at least very close to it. But I was watching it and I didn't really get that feeling. So like the first 30 minutes I'm watching and I'm thinking, okay, where, where, where's it go next? Like, what, what are they going to do? And then 45 minutes rolls around and I'm thinking, okay, they did something, but it's still not that engaging. And then an hour happens and I'm like, okay, something did happen. And I was like, all right, now I'm engaged. But the fact that I felt like I had to wait for something to ha- uh, engaging or captivating to happen, or it was, it, 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 I don't know what happened. It, it bothered me a little bit, but I will say that this is a very simple, simplistic story. It's, it's cute. It's touching. It's charming. You know, it's, you get a little bit of that Pixar feel, but I didn't, I ultimately felt like I didn't get that Pixar X factor vibe that you usually get from most of their uh, other films. And, and it's a very one layered story, which is not a bad thing. Like I said, this is a very simple story. So there's really not much to, to, you know, to chew on and to really go into depth when it comes to this movie because it's very straightforward. It's talking it's about friendship. You know, it's a, it's got those themes where, where pick, you can tell it's Pixar, but it doesn't go as deep or as complex as mm-hmm. most of the Pixar films go. But I mean, I can't, I can't really rave about this film because I didn't really enjoy it as much as I wanted to or expect it to. And I, I didn't really enjoy, what was it Onward? I didn't really care for Onward. If you liked Onward, you might like this, but I didn't really care for Onward. And if I have to give it, I mean, if I do have to give it a rating. Yeah, you do. <laughs> yeah, I do have to. Give, it's my job. But anyway, I would rate this movie better than Onward, which I gave a 68, which I didn't, you know, this wasn't, this podcast wasn't in existence back then. So I gave it a six, I gave Onward about a 68. So I'm going to give this one a 70 out of 100. Okay. Um, I definitely echo a lot of your thoughts. This was a very uh, one dimensional story. I didn't really mind it, though. It was... Yeah. I, I guess I should preface by saying this is a kid's movie, right? We yeah. grew up with Pixar. So I think we're also entitled to talk Pixar, even though we're now grown up. Um, but it is a kid's movie and kids movies have to be simplistic in order to be digested by kids. If you have mm-hmm. this abstract idea that everything goes over their head, like they're just not going to be enjoyable. Right. right. You can show it to like three year olds, but that's they're just going to be caring about like the colors and the pictures on the screen. They're not going to be caring about the message. And obviously Pixar is very good about conveying a message as well. And that's why they've proven to be enjoyable for people of all ages and not just like what you would expect to be the tar- target demographic. Um, so it, it is a very 
one dimensional story. It's a sea monster. They live under sea, but if they go to the surface, they turn into humans so they can blend in as well. Um, It's a small fishing town off the coast of Italy, I presume. Um, Mm -hmm. And they've sighted some sea monsters. So the whole town's like, there's a reward for the sea monsters. So Luca, obviously being a sea monster himself, but a human on the surface, he's very nervous that he or his one of his family are going to get hurt. He meets a friend who is a sea monster himself, who has been living on the surface for uh, forever. It seems like, so he's very confident in blending in and whatnot. Kind of that's the coming of age part, right. With Luca facing his fears and exploring the world and whatnot which you get in a lot of Pixar movies, the, the coming of age tale. And that's really the charm behind them. Yeah. And uh, you know, what I was thinking with this is obviously this compared to something like, like the Avengers uh, <laughs> is very different, but the, the thing that works kind of for both is there stuff that is not real. Right. But you yeah. do have a dose of realism in them obviously less so in the Avengers with all the cosmic and wacky shit they're doing, but they've kind of earned that. Whereas like Luca, obviously that we assume what well, we assume there isn't, but there's not like sea monsters that shape shift in humans, at least not to our knowledge or yeah. anything like that. Um, but you know, there is that sense of realism of like how the town would react and, and whatnot. And, and like how, the sea monsters would have to be cut, get used to like social norms and, and whatnot and hide their identity and stuff. Like you have to be able to relate to it for yeah. in order for it to hit. And it did that. Um, it, it was re- really simplistic, but I thought it looked good. I liked the beautiful script. film. Yeah. Um, you know, they, they, they did a lot. My one, my one real big thing that bothered me and you're not going to get it with every movie, but you talked about how this didn't really have the same like oomph, the, the yeah. same like impact as some of the other Pixar Je movies. Ne sais quoi. Right. For me, it, it comes down to one thing. And, and that's oh my that's the soundtrack. Oh. <laughs> yeah, okay. Well, yeah. 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 But that's, like the, the soundtrack. Look at any true. great Pixar movie that you know we'll talk about. And you have soundtrack slash score. Because sometimes like Toy Story. Oh, man, yeah. Toy Story obviously has "You Got a Friend in Me" by Randy Newman, and, and it's just you know one of the most iconic songs of all time, <laughs> right? But you know, even like the the Incredibles or Monsters Inc., like they have good scores and, and kind of like the, I mean, it is, it is a score like you, it just elevates the movie. Whereas this, like, it wasn't bad. Yeah, maybe that it, was what it is for me. That's it, probably it, part yeah. of it. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, it didn't necessarily elevate the movie. Like, it just felt like I needed an original song or like something to to kind of elevate it. And and this isn't Pixar, but like Moana is one of my favorite (laughs) animated movies because all the, the The songs uh, and songs and and they're all originals and it's awesome. Or is this like, you would have expected that's true. Something like it. Soul was kind of the same way. Like I expected soul to be, much more of a of a music like soul to touch your soul right music oriented movie whereas they took it as soul like the soul in a person which is fine because pixar does yeah. do a good job making that message but even still the guy in the movie is literally a music guy yeah. <laughs> there, there just wasn't much music or soundtrack or score to elevate soul and you kind of see the same recurring problem here 
all in all, I liked it, but I yeah. do agree. It's certainly not a top tier Pixar movie. I thought it was charming. I, I thought they did a pretty good job, but again, not top tier. I give it a 79 out of a hundred. And that sounds uh, like if you're going off a normal grading scale, I was like, Oh, C plus yeah. it's not good. No, yeah. that's not how my grading scale works. 79 for me is still a very, very good score. It's rare. I give movies above a 90 and that's really those movies that, anyone should or will like or they're widely acclaimed or whatever so me giving it a 90 isn't like a, a shocking thing yeah right me, 70 me, go ahead all right well me giving it a, yeah also my 70 it, I was, that i know a lot of people will be like what is that i, I think with, with our scale you shouldn't think of it as like a, a school academic scale it's right it's really it, it's totally different from that it's like 60 to 70 it's like it's a decent movie you can probably rewatch it you might like it but it's not terrible 70 through 80 it's a good really good movie then 80 and 90 it's like amazing and then 9 through 10 it's like it's really fucking amazing it's like pr- close to perfect pretty much so like 60 and 70s like don't be like the hurt from those ratings if they sound low or if they sound like it might be a really bad grade because if we give anything between the 60 and 70 we it's it's a 90 percent chance or <laughs> that it's fairly decent movie and you might like it if we especially, go below if we go below 60 then that's where you get worried <laughs> right it's, but especially for like a pixar movie or an animated movie oh like, yeah that's not mm-hmm. necessarily made for us like this is uh, of course we're not going to like it as much as someone who's growing up with it yeah right because that's just the nature of life like if you don't have the nostalgia like i'm not a huge uh you know like the original star wars trilogy i didn't grow up with that so i'm not a huge fan of the original trilogy but some people are obviously for good reason because they grew up with it same thing with pixar and and whatever like each generation is going to have the movies they grew up with. Luca is probably going to be one of those because Pixar is just going to come keep pumping out, you know, bangers and whatnot. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I do so, want to point out that uh, it. when it comes to uh, Pixar movies, it's like, even though there might be some, like you might rate one of their movies or a couple of their movies as their worst. It's like, their worst movies are still better than somebody else's best movie. So it's like the bottom, even if their movies are, even if you put movies or Pixar movies at the bottom of the barrel, they're still going to be quality films and they're still going to be good. Mm-hmm. It, it just, it just depends on how much you enjoy it. Even the, the, yeah, like the worst Pixar movies. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to scroll through really quick. There, there's good a dinosaur. I haven't seen Good Dinosaur oh. and I haven't seen Brave. Those are the only okay. two I haven't seen out of the, I'm looking at the list 24, yeah. like off the top of my head. Or, um, trying to, I mean, I, I like a lot of, yeah. I, That's I guess what I'm like saying. On, it's like <laughs> on, Onward and Soul like didn't hit the same. I, yeah. I, I liked both, but they're like both mid sixties movies to me. So yeah. it's like, it, it's not, it's not a bad thing. Right. And I know, maybe we can talk about it when we do our rankings. I know you kind of have some problems with soul too, yeah. um, but like, they're not bad movies. It's no. Just and like, it's just, if you go against I wish your, things would be different a little bit. Yeah. Same here. And if you go against the, if you're comparing them like Luca and soul to movies, like that came out earlier in Pixar days, like Incredibles, Finding Nemo or Ratatouille, you're like, those are really quality films with quality stories as mm-hmm. with Luca, it's a little simplistic, but and 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 Soul has you know its its faults, but they just really don't compare to that, to what mm-hmm. the quality of those Pixar films I mentioned. They don't compare to that. 
right but by itself like, if you're comparing it by itself then those two like luca if they weren't pixar if they weren't whatever i think you could still enjoy it. you'd still be like oh that's a quality film right like for us we're gonna be probably a little bit more defensive or protective of like anything 2009 or before so yeah. like up like toy story one which is 95 through up which is 2009 is probably like our wheelhouse yeah, exactly. You kind of get into a transition because they did a couple sequels like Toy Story 3, Cars 2, but then you get that new era of movies like Brave, Inside Out, Good Dinosaur, mm-hmm. and, and the ones we've seen. So, like, you, it is like it's not fair to compare this to a Toy Story, to uh, Cars, to Incredibles, or whatever. Yeah. It's just, but even for us, because we were a different age. We had a completely different perspective on movies and life in general at the time these movies came out. So I, I think if Luca came out in, you know, 2007, we probably would have loved it. Like that's just, yeah, that's the, true. you know, the, the way it goes. Um, so there's not a lot of spoilers with this movie. Like we talked about, it's a pretty straightforward script, but we are going to pause here to say spoilers. So that way, if you want to see it without getting the ending ruined, uh, you can do so. So look at the time code below and skip ahead. Um, so the spoilers, uh, you know, at the end, they do the race. Um, and of course, it starts raining, which was I thought was a <laughs> yeah. pretty cool, you know, twist in terms of like revealing the the secret identity that he yeah. is a sea monster when everyone's kind of gotten hit. And obviously, um, what's the girl's name? Uh, Julia. Julia. Yeah. Oh, that's why I forgot it. Uh, <laughs> oh, <man>. uh, <laughs> oh, that makes oh, sense now. You know, uh, oh, yeah. that's oh, a good man. one. That's a good one. Oh. That's a good inside joke for all of our friends out there. Oh God, <laughs> that's, that's going in the group chat. That's good. <laughs> oh God, that's that's a deep cut. All right, yeah. um, but yeah, obviously she knows like the secret already. But you're like, okay everyone's about to find out that they're sea monsters at some point, mm-hmm. right? Like you, you felt that that was going to be the ending of the movie, but I thought the rain was kind of a cool twist. Like, Hey, you know, you finally reach a climax, what they've been working towards training towards like doing this race, winning the money to, to buy a Vespa, Vespa. Which, <laughs> which again, was a very simple concept, but yeah. it's a kid's movie. Right. But I thought the rain was a good twist. And obviously his friend comes back, tries to bring an umbrella trips. The rain exposes him. Mm-hmm. And then Luca, like, exposes himself as well they technically win the race which is a, a nice little caveat the the dad steps up and says no these are um you know my boys so to speak and like yeah. vouches for them and you know even the old ladies who were kind of like the mean old grandmas but the comedic yeah. relief they dropped their umbrellas their sea monsters too have been living in the city but that was nice. luca's grandma has apparently been coming into the city every weekend <laughs> So she was, it, it was just very charming. Yeah. Like that, that's how it the movie was. ends. There wasn't like a big twist or, or anything like that. Um, I, I just thought it was very charming. I thought it was well done. It wasn't too much, mm-hmm. but it, again, it wasn't like the, that damn, like that, that was yeah, really good. Hard hitting Pixar. Yeah. Yeah. I just thought it was fine. Like, did you kind of have the same thoughts after you, yeah. it was all said and done? Yeah. Like after, you know, it was like, well, it, it's really simple, but that doesn't mean it's bad. It just means that because you can tell a great story in a a simple I mean you can make a great movie with a simple story and like they say sometimes less is more and I think you get a little bit but for me I wanted more but at the same time that simple story was it was still touching I like the friendship bond 
I liked I liked the cat also. I was there was, wasn't a lot of humor in this one actually. There wasn't like verbal humor as you might mm-hmm. get from other Pixar yeah, movies. Yeah, the cat the cat was one of the the funnier parts yeah, of it. And like the, the dumb cat. fish that <laughs> yeah. he was like uh shepherding early on in the movie. Like you kind of had those um I don't know what you call them like it, it it wasn't a direct like indirect humor right yeah yeah it was it's like just the like, non-verbal indirect humor that right they had. right but it, it, it was funny it, it was yeah, yeah, like exactly. the, the way they were eating their spaghetti like he just digs in with his hand and starts eating like yeah that, that was funny to me and they're they're kind of just staring like what the fuck <laughs> so <laughs> and i liked i liked seeing for some reason seeing people get slapped is funny so i liked how they oh were, yeah how the guy mm-hmm. was making them slap each other i thought that was hilarious <laughs> yeah. But yeah, it's it, it definitely doesn't have the verbal jokes like uh, the other Pixar films, but I did appreciate the physical nonverbal comedy that they had. And I did like the 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 nice touch of the uh, <clears throat> those two old ladies being sea monsters as well. I was like, oh, OK, mm-hmm. like you could probably predict that. But still, it was just nice to see that they were involved in it. Yeah, like the uh, when the mom and dad get to the surface and they're like searching for Luca and they like knock yeah, the kids ice that's cream. That's another into the physical water. comedy. Like, <laughs> yeah, like it, it was stuff like that. And like the dad being kind of like a, a space cadet. Yeah, it was funny. Yeah, it, it, yeah, it, it worked. It was just charming. Yeah, it, really it wasn't charming. like anything special, but it, it was charming. I, I think it was an, I would call it another success for Pixar. And I really, that's what they care about. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, do you have any final thoughts on the movie? Um, I was going to say something, but I can't even freaking remember what it was. Oh, I did like the, the themes I was saying, like you get that theme of, you know, there's oh, that Silencio bond. Bruno. Yeah. Silencio. And, yeah. That's a nice yeah. theme that they had. And then you get the mm-hmm. art, the, the overarching theme of the friendship bond that the director said he wanted to focus on. It reminded him of his, uh, the child it inspired, inspired by his childhood friendships. And then you have the acceptance theme, which I think was another big, um concept in the movie is like being accepted and wanting to be accepted for who you are and then it was it was cool just how straightforward it was and when they were revealed as sea monsters nobody really tried to fight the the sea monsters you know everybody picked up their harpoons or whatever but once the the, the dad they were accepted. dad yeah they just mm-hmm. accepted so easily so it's like hey just if you reveal who you are you know you'd be surprised by how many people are willing to accept you yeah and which nice. obviously is a great message, right? Yeah, like absolutely. Be yourself and, and, you know, some people might not accept you, but that's just the way the world works. Like exactly. if you are yourself more often than not, people will accept you. And obviously you can build strong friendships and, and you know, there, there's loyalty and, and, you know, trust and honesty involved in all that as well. So, right. yeah, I, I agree. I, I think it's, it's a good success for, for Pixar, but uh 70 for Fox, 79 for me. Um, man, I consistently rate movies higher than you. I, I need to get more stricter. Uh, <laughs> you know, more I stricter, thought... more strict. More stricter. <laughs> more strict. Yeah, but I thought you, I'm trying to think, have, haven't have I given some movies higher scores than you? Because I always thought I was a lenient one. I, in my mind, I've always felt like the, was... the, I'm pretty sure the only one you gave a higher score than me was Snake Eyes. Mm, okay, yeah. All right. I just yeah, think, we. Well, yeah, usually I feel like, Knowing Nick, uh, guys, I maybe feel like you he... gave maybe you gave Fast Nine or F. Oh yeah, I gave higher. I gave F Nine higher than you. I remember. Okay, yeah, I did do that. So uh, yeah, I think it started out because those were kind of like two of our first four movies. So maybe you, you got that sense. But ever yeah. since then, it seems like uh, I'm just like a good 
you know, five to 10 points higher than, yeah, it's fine. To it's, yeah. It's, you know, and it's, it's still pretty close. It's not like we're dramatic. It's not yeah, like I'm going 65 and you're going 80, <laughs> but I would like to do one of those movies where we just have wildly different opinions That's true. on that. So I can just fucking bury you in the <laughs> argument. <laughs> yeah. I look forward to seeing whatever movie that is, but so far it looks like our tastes are fucking the same. Uh, 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 you know, Academy Award winning drama starring Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Uh, Jesus <laughs> you know, did you, did you, you, you thought you, I mentioned Moana as a fake out and you thought it was coming, but nah. I did. There was a couple times where I thought it was coming because I, I and you were talking about the fucking soundtrack. <laughs> <laughs> I, I heard you. I heard you literally like throw your hands up and go. All right. Here, yeah. here it comes. And, and then now, you brought up Moana earlier and I was like, OK, he's going to talk about it now. But here we go. <laughs> here we go. Yeah that that kind of movie will be uh the movie where we're, we're widely different opinions but you know because speaking he, on... he's obviously your favorite actor so yeah. you're gonna give it way higher than i would yeah, yeah oh yeah if it's starring him definitely higher but you you know uh the song that he has on moana what is it um you know you're I, welcome yeah you're welcome there was like an original version of that song i don't know if you knew about that like that had different lyrics it was saying, like, instead of, you know, what can I say except you're welcome? It's like the rock sings, what can I say except I'm garbage? That's the one I really preferred. <laughs> this is the song I would have preferred him singing. But yeah, that's nah. <laughs> uh, the, the rock's the man. Did you see the clip of him? This was during the quarantine. Like he's showing his daughter Moana for the first time and she loves it. And he's like doing the rap verse of that song and, and, and whatnot. Was this like Did you see last year or when was this? Yeah, it was probably last year. But yeah, yeah he okay, showed yeah, I do his remember. daughter. Yeah. But the, the man, the comic uh, section, I, I'll have to find it because it's one of the <laughs> funniest ones. It's like uh, someone commented, it was like, imagine the first time <laughs> his daughter hears him say, you're welcome. And then she realizes <laughs> that he's the same <laughs> voice. <laughs> <laughs> I, like oh, again, man. that's my type of humor. Like it's just, it's just so funny. Oh, God. Uh, yeah all right let's get into it all right obviously moana is in a class of its own but it's also a disney movie so we are just going to strictly focus on pixar because there's obviously plenty to choose from uh luca was the 24th film to come out from pixar um and like i said there's plenty of bangers to choose from so fox and i are going to rank our movies one through five any honorable mentions that we want to dish out um i haven't seen some of these movies in a little bit so i can't give my scores yet but the ones i have seen i will give my scores and fox you're more obviously more than welcome to do the same okay. number five for me is the incredibles um again i, I don't think i have to say much <laughs> for any of these like uh, obviously everyone knows what i'm talking about i don't have to defend my picks for the most part incredibles i mean it, it, it's it was my avengers before the avengers oh yeah right it, yeah. it was it was a superhero movie it was pixar uh you know good action good storyline good plot it, it was entertaining and also also i was what like 10 at the time it came out so <laughs> it was like okay sweet this is awesome yeah right. what's your number five uh Vin Diesel would like that movie because it's all about family <laughs> 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 Uh, my number five is uh, Finding Nemo. You know, that's a classic. I mean, yeah, we, we I feel like we really don't even have to justify our, our ranking. Right. Unless it's like yeah. a random ranking. Yeah. Like I thought we were going to talk about this more, but, you know, we don't have to justify it. No, I will say I'm not as big of a Finding Nemo fan. Not mm. that it's bad. It just yeah. I see uh, in my top five. There's a lot of stuff 
I, I reference all the time or frequently for some reason. So every, everything in my top five, it's, it's in there because I, I watch that movie a lot or I've quoted from that movie so many times. Yeah. And that, that's fair. That actually, you know, kind of everyone's favorite movies are going to quote yeah. more and whatnot. Um, but like for finding Nemo for me, it's like they spend the whole movie like searching for Nemo, obviously, and kind of the, the large scale adventures. Like we yeah. kind of got that specifically with Toy Story. Mm-hmm. And I, I like Toy Story more as you'll it's on my list yeah. here in a minute. Um, so not that Finding Nemo was bad, but it's just like, oh, it's kind of the same plot. And I like Toy Story better. So number four for me is Toy Story 2. Uh, I mean, it's Toy Story 1 is on my list, but yeah. Toy Story 2 is probably one of the best sequels of all time. It, yeah. it still holds up. Um, Toy Story 3 is not on my list, but I thought Toy Story 3 was a surprisingly good follow-up, especially after, you know, a 10, no, it's probably more than that. It's like 15 year hiatus. Yeah, It was a long time. Yeah. Um, so I thought that's surprisingly good. I actually watched toy story four for the first time today. Oh, there you go. I thought, I thought it was good. Didn't like it or no, no, sorry. Let me rephrase. I thought it was good, but didn't love it. I liked it. Yeah. Um, I, like it was fine, but I hope that's it. Yeah. Like, I would kind of hope that's it too. Yeah, after three, I was like, all right, uh, that was good, but I hope that's it. I saw four. I wasn't excited about four mm-hmm. because I wanted I thought they were just going back to the well too many times. So that's why I, ha- I put off seeing four, but I wanted to see four before the rankings yeah. just in case. I thought it was good. I, I liked the ending as, you know, an ending for the Toy Story saga <laughs> as a yeah. whole. You know, like Woody going off doing his own thing. I think that made it a lot, a lot of sense, but again, I just hope yeah. that's it. So, but anyways, Toy Story 2, again, I don't have to justify it. It's yeah. Really fucking movie. good movie. Great. Movie. All right. What's num- number four for you? Number four is Monsters Inc. So yeah, that's so just missed my me. list. Yeah. So people who follow me, or at least follow my movie account, you'll see uh, a Monsters Inc. quote, put that thing back where it came from or so help, <laughs> so me. help me. Yep. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, that's, that's it. that's it yeah that's it i got nothing to say monster monsters inc was a near miss for me um but i i just like the incredibles more but i do love me some monsters inc uh thoughts on monsters university i'm sorry what movie is that (laughs) just no no. i was like oh god (laughs) no yeah uh i haven't seen that movie in a while i've probably only seen it twice no more than twice i didn't love it maybe i'll have to revisit it but i know i didn't really enjoy it too much i don't know i think i got upset that they went the prequel route i wish they just went the sequel route and they also have yeah. the show i think i like the show more than i've only seen one episode of the show that they have on disney plus and i like that more than the sequel the prequel uh I, yeah i haven't seen the show but i didn't love oh. certainly it was not to the level of uh monsters Inc. yeah that monsters one really kind of fell thing. short yeah i will not defend yeah. that movie yeah. All right. Number three is one that I will talk about a little bit more in depth, and that is Coco. Um, oh. Coco. Oh, oh, God. That fucking reaction by you. <laughs> what the fuck is that? Oh, no. I was like, uh, oh, like I was like surprised. I was like, oh, OK, I wasn't <laughs> expecting it. Um, Coco uh, released in 2017. So all, you know, all the other movies on my list were in that range I gave of Toy Story to up. So to the or um 95 to 2009 like all of them are in that range coco is the one exception 
I thought Coco was phenomenal. It looked the best. Obviously, that is in large part due to the time it came out. Obviously, it's going to look better than something like Toy Story because Mm -hmm. Toy Story came out in 95, whereas Coco 2017, a lot more technology and what you can do with animation and stuff. But it was bright. It was colorful. It told a good story in in a, uh, you know, not too in your face way. Um, like just being appreciative of family. Another movie Vin Diesel will love because it's all about family, you know, honoring your, your ancestors and your history, but it also, it has those original songs and those feel good moments, but it also kind of has like that plot twist in it as well, which Mm -hmm. I'm not going to spoil because I don't want to spoil it. Um, But it has a plot twist as well. It like, whereas Luca is very one dimensional. Coco is not Coco is like an actual movie script that you know stands the test of time and conveys a good message but it just so happens to be an animated movie and they do so so well you get the original songs it's a great score like i said it's very colorful sends a good message i, I loved coco and uh, i know it's like weird that's number three on my list but again that's just because it came out in 2017 so i didn't see it until you know i was early adulthood um Whereas all the other movies I saw when I was a kid, so it was made for me. But Coco, phenomenal movie. I liked it a lot. What about you? Number yeah, three. so so uh, my reaction to Coco was just because I also haven't finished that movie. So I was like, oh, that's a movie I have to oh, <laughs> finish. I'm glad so. I didn't spoil it. <laughs> yeah, and I wasn't going to stop you if he did. But I was like, well, I'm glad he took the courtesy. <laughs> but yeah, that's a movie uh, I definitely have to finish. And I really was enjoying it. I think I was watching it when it was on Netflix. That's how far back it was, like before Disney Plus came out. And I was like, oh, shit, they took it off Netflix. So I'm going to finish it now. And then I just forgot all about it. But that's a movie <laughs> I have to have to catch up on and number three for me is uh ratatouille i just I, it's a it's like a relaxing film for me it's almost like a comfort movie for me and also i'm a i'm a fan of cooking so i try to step up my cooking game and it sucks that a rat can cook better than me but ratatouille is my number three and it's um i just think it's a it's a solid it's a really really well-made film like i don't know what it is about this movie and it might be because of the director brad bird i think he's a great director he knows how to how to construct a story and and basically just direct. He knows how to create a vision and, and make it look really nice. Mm-hmm. Uh, I haven't seen Ratatouille in a long time. That falls into the time frame that I was talking about. That's a 2007 movie. Yeah, I didn't like it a lot. I, let me rephrase. Like I liked it, but it wasn't like a standout movie for me at the time. But I also yeah. haven't seen it since then. So maybe I just appreciate it more now. Not that it was bad, but just didn't hit the same for me. But I know it's a good movie. I know a lot of people like it. So I don't think we could have any real list that we would be, you know, up in arms about. Right. But, so Red 2, good pick. Uh, number two for me is the original Toy Story. It's, uh, you know, the movie I grew up with. It's one of, that I always played, like we talked about off the top um, movies that, weren't childhood movies that we watched a lot. Well, Toy Story was a child a movie, a children's movie that I did watch a lot. Watch yeah. it all the time. I can watch it now. It still holds up. Um, and that's why I put off watching Toy Story 4 because I didn't want it to ruin what I had already watched. Right. Like I didn't yeah. want it to ruin something I cared about so much. That's why Toy Story and Toy Story 2 are on my list because I, you know, those are movies I grew up with. That's 95 and 99. So that's, you know, my <laughs> some of my first movies and some of my first uh, media that I 
took in was Toy Story and yeah. still holds up. And like I talked about with Luca, the the Randy Newman, obviously you got a friend in me and just the soundtrack and score as a whole, like just out of the park. Uh, probably if, if we're talking all animated movies, right. The Randy Newman Toy Story is probably uh, top three for sure. I think um, Tarzan with Phil Collins would probably be oh, yeah. up there. And then I like Mulan. Or I almost said Mulan. I do love Moana's soundtrack. Yeah. I think Mulan would probably be up there too. Yeah. You can make an argument for a shit ton of movies, but yeah. I, I'm just saying like the, the Toy Story soundtrack with Randy Newman is obviously iconic. And again, I don't have to do as much defense of it as I am doing, but that's just obviously one reason I like it. So that's number two for me. What about you? Number two, good pick. Uh, I have The Incredibles. There you go. So, yeah, that's an, like I said, a, a lot of these movies I, I, I reference, I quote and whatever it is. And I have a, a wig that looks just like Edna Mode. So I, I, I <laughs> yeah, so, you do. <laughs> so I wear that and I'm and I, you know, you just I put that on and I just capture Edna Mode. I feel like I'm Edna. So it's a classic movie. <laughs> you know, the uh, um, the vine where he's like, I'm about to sing a song and he gets hit in the head <laughs> with a pillow. Like anytime I see you put on that wig and get out your tiny ass microphone and you're good. Oh, no, you don't have the tiny mic. You have the, the no, karaoke. I, I mic. got the karaoke mic. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but you have, you know, the tiny mics I'm talking about. Yeah, I do. <laughs> yeah, like, I, I can one. see you. Uh, yeah. I can see you talking to that, but yeah, I could, I just picture you doing that and saying, I'm about to sing a song. <laughs> and then <laughs> like that dumb shit. You do. It just is so funny. But yeah, you, you do look like Edna mode with that. Yeah. Word. You just put that. You are useless. Yeah. I just feel like you feel <laughs> Pull yourself together. Yeah, pull yourself together. That's like, yeah, it's like who who doesn't like who doesn't love Edna Mode? I know. (laughs) All right, number one for me, and I hope I don't catch too much flack for this. But I, oh boy, (laughs) I when I saw this movie, I I just loved it. Like it, it was. It was so good. And like, it's just one of those. This is why it's favorite. Like if I was doing my rankings, my rankings would be different from my, my top five favorites. This is my favorite Pixar movie of all time. And it's very, this is also kind of a simple one. So it's like almost contradicting myself, but again, this it's just depends on when I saw it, like when it was available to me. And that's Wally. Wally is my favorite Uh Pixar movie okay. of all time. Whew, okay, it, but you're gonna say something worse. <laughs> uh, no, but it's just like it's a solitary robot, and it it does a great job. You know, it, it's much more of a not a meta reference, but much more of like a um sort of like propaganda, like save the earth, reduce uh, yeah, trash, yeah. recycle. Like I, I can see that argument for it. Like it's much more like in sort of in your face as opposed to some of the underlying stories and stories and meanings of some other Pixar movies. Like I understand that, but to do what they did for that movie with little to no dialogue mm-hmm. and for me to still be that like enamored with it, like it just says a lot to me. Like it, it, it was such a, a movie unlike anything before especially with pixar because again you get a lot of the dialogue you gotta get a lot of the comedy we talked about with luca how there was a lot of indirect non-verbal comedy you get a lot of that with wally because obviously you know wally doesn't really talk and you get eva the robot but she only 
she's very minimal in what she says too. And that that's the majority of the movie is, is both of them and to still do what they did and make it entertaining and, and whatnot. It just, it's one of my favorite movies of all time. Actually, my, my AirPods case is, is a Wally, uh, you know, cover for it. I'll send oh, post a picture of it. Yeah. Cause uh, I'm legit. I, I do love Wally. So I don't really care what anyone says. So fight me. <laughs> yeah. I'm just glad you didn't say cars too, or something. I was like, ah, oh, shit. Oh God. Go. No. <laughs> Although I do like cars. Yeah, Cars is a good franchise. Yeah. All right, what's your number one? Uh, number one for me is see the thing is, I flip flop like one or like I feel like these could be interchangeable. So but I could sure. I could say both are number one, but I'm just gonna go ahead and say Toy Story two is my number one. Like sometimes it'll be Toy Story one, but right mm-hmm. now it's Toy Story two. So yeah, it's like I don't know. Yeah, that that's a movie that I could watch like every day if I wanted to. And mm-hmm. it, it and it, it is just a really good story. And I would say Toy Story One just because I have you know I had the VHS, I had the VHS for both of them, and but I definitely watched the first one a lot. It's got the childhood nostalgia feel when I see it. And but Toy Story Two holds up really well compared to the first one. Mm-hmm. Um, I agree. But yeah, I think I think the animation that scene where that guy is uh, fixing Woody is like. I don't know. Oh, it's like it, ASMR. It's or something. A, yes, ASMR. <laughs> I was just about to say that. Like you see that clip go viral on Twitter like every few months, and it hits every single time. Yes, it's, it's like just I want to go to sleep or something. Scene. Yeah, <laughs> right. It's yeah, it's like it's my it's my fucking lullaby. Yeah, I don't know what it is, but it's it, it. But I don't know what it is about that scene, but that scene is impactful, and the movie is great as well. So yeah, mm-hmm. that's our top five. Yeah. Solid top five for me. So just again, number one, Wally, number two, Toy Story, number three, Coco, number four, Toy Story 2, and number five, The Incredibles for me. What about for you? Yeah, number one, Toy Story 2, two, Incredibles, then Ratatouille, then Monsters, Inc., and lastly is Finding Nemo. How about our uh, honorable mentions? What do you think? Uh, for, for me, first one, like I said, was Monsters, Inc. Uh, that, was, okay. that would be my number six. Okay. Um, I, I liked Cars a lot. Um, so... I also watched Inside Out for the first time today, and okay. I know that's kind of like a dark horse pick for people's like favorite Pixar movie. Yeah, I, I didn't like it as much. I can see why people like that movie. Yeah, same. But it just it didn't really hit for me the same. But that's probably in large part because when I saw it, right? Like we yeah. talked about with all these, um, I I kind of have a hot take. Okay. And this is already a long episode, but oh, yeah. my, my, my hot take is uh, I like finding Dory better than finding Nemo. Ooh, that is a hot take. That is, I got to watch I finding know. Dory again, but I don't, uh, I can't even be mad. Cause I think I really liked finding Dory when it came out, but that is a hot take. I think I, I, I might just have thought, to tweet that. <laughs> I, oh God. I'm not sure if I'm ready for that back. <laughs> you don't want the smoke. You don't want I, the I think smoke. Part of it is, is like Dory is just a more entertaining main character than um what's the dad's name marlin marlin was yeah i think that's what it comes down to for me like i can understand that it's more entertaining watching dory just being dumb as shit yeah through the ocean whereas like marlin's just being a whiny asshole who you know was i'm looking for my son nemo right right like the best part of finding nemo is like the supporting cast like the turtles dory like all the uh you know all the other stuff going on around marlin Whereas Finding Dory, like, you know, some people don't like Ellen DeGeneres and that's fine, but it, it, it's just, it's much more entertaining throughout for me. And it's like the, the main characters, a large part of why it's entertaining. 
Yeah, so that is a that's kind of yeah. Some of my yeah, but I understand it's a hot take. I will um, have to watch it. I'm gonna have to rewatch some of these movies and watch yeah, some of those movies. I watched Luca last night, Inside Out uh, today, Toy Story four today. <laughs> Funny enough, yesterday during the day, I watched Raya and the Last Dragon, thinking it was Pixar, <laughs> but it certainly was not Pixar. So I, I didn't even have to watch it. It was good, good movie. I had some problems with it, but good movie. But it was just funny that I was like, okay, I need, you know, bang out some of these Pixar movies I haven't yeah. seen so I can get accurate <laughs> rankings. And first one I watched wasn't even Pixar. So yeah, hot start <laughs> for me. Any honorable mentions for you? Yeah, I think I would say Bugs Life, A Bugs Life. That might be my not my a sixth fan. Man. Surprisingly, you would think with that because Toy Story and Toy Story 2 are two of my favorites. And Bugs Life was the second Pixar movie to yeah, come it's out like right around the same time. And just, eh, just not. And that's Randy Newman, too. Yeah, I, didn't, I don't know. I don't know what your problem is. <laughs> yeah, <what> is <laughs> yeah, I don't know what me? happened. <laughs> I, I let you slide on the finding Dory, but I don't know about this bug. <laughs> okay, all right. Before we we wrap our Pixar talk, I have to get your thoughts on Up. I thought it was good. I mean, it's been. A, I can't see. I can't like like yeah. analyze and go into in depth sure. because I haven't. Sure. Seen yeah, it we might need to see some of these so we can give like more fresh takes. But uh, I didn't like Up at okay. all. Wait, if it, since since you don't like it, like what was some of the things you didn't like? Uh, the the way it's so like the the because everybody um, loves how it starts, or at least they like the storyline that kicks it off in a way. The, the his fucking wife dying. Yeah, I think everybody <laughs> just yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like people have like a connection to that. They thought it was like fucking hor- horrible, but they thought it was it, it built the emotion within the film. Yeah, I guess that. Uh, I mean, if you see it that way, it's just like. Uh, maybe I need to see it again, but I, I just remember watching it and not liking it at all. Yeah, okay. I'm gonna have to watch it again, and I'll 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 come back and, and report. Yeah, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna have to yeah watch yeah we're gonna have to revisit and then come back. But that that that's always been one of my least favorites. Okay, is is up. So. I haven't seen a lot of it. Like I never get like if I see it on TV, I know it comes on TV every now and then. I'm not like ooh I want to watch this. So mm-hmm. it's one of those movies for me too. But I don't think I can say I didn't like it. I also don't think I ever saw Car- Cars three. Like oh. I just assumed I did. <laughs> did you see right. any of did you see any of the other cars besides the first one? Yeah, I saw Cars okay. One and Love. I, I remember seeing Cars Two. Okay. And I just I, I just assumed I saw Cars Three, but then I saw it came out in 2017. I was like, oh, I most definitely have not seen Cars Three. <laughs> I think that's a good one to watch then. You, you, you might, maybe you'll just disappoint me again and be like, you know what? I don't like it. <laughs> <laughs> and then yeah, I'm just going right for the jugular yeah. some of my takes here. <laughs> All right, so that does Pixar. Obviously, like you said, it's a long episode. We had a lot to talk about. I mean, we could talk Pixar for another hour, and yeah. obviously, uh, you know, we had a lot of Marvel talk to to get through. So, appreciate you bearing with us. Next week, Candyman. So, I mean, we are pivoting Candyman. horde, but I'm yeah. very excited. Uh, it's uh, Jordan Peele's like a producer on this, right? Yeah, producer co writer. Yeah, and then it's directed by uh, Nia you know I mean? DaCosta. DaCosta, and she's doing. Isn't she doing another? I'm not sure. Another big, uh, horror, horror movie or another big movie? No, like another big movie. Um, Nia DaCosta. Not sure. Uh, and IMDb is just not bringing her up. Uh she's doing the Marvels. That's what it was. Oh, she is doing the Marvels. Okay. Yeah. Well, there you go. Another, right, another so Marvel get, news, yeah. Yeah, so yeah, that's exactly why I brought it up to tie this full circle. Um, so yeah, we get our, our first uh look at Nia DaCosta. She wow, she's young. 
Um, But obviously Candyman, Jordan Peele is, you know, I don't, I want to say a legend, but he is, he's definitely built his rep up. Yeah. Yeah. Quick as shit. shit. And (laughs) if he's involved, you know, it's going to be good, but obviously we get to see what Nia DaCosta is capable of and Candyman, obviously a reboot, but looks pretty good from from the trailer so i'm pretty excited to see that that's our review next week and obviously we get to talk uh horror movies so why don't we rank top five horror movies next week sound good all right yeah we can do that yeah that'd be a good conversation so yeah Candyman next week i don't think it's streaming anywhere uh so you you are going to have to go see it in theaters but again you get that Scary movies are one of the movies you definitely want to see in theaters because you get the the atmosphere of everyone scared and it's just like it makes it more scary, but it's yeah. also it makes the movie more entertaining, right? It does. Yeah. All right. So before we get out of here, movie recommendations. You got yours? Yep, got mine. Go for it. All right. My movie I'm recommending. I didn't think it was gonna connect, but it did connect to this movie. It's uh The Peanut Butter Falcon starring Shia LaBeouf. You're kidding. You're gonna tell me you, you recommend the same one? No, but very similar. (laughs) Go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. So the peanut butter Falcon with Shia LaBeouf, uh, basically it just follows this young guy, 22 year old guy with down syndrome. And the actor actually has down syndrome, but uh, he escapes this state run care facility to ultimately train as a professional wrestler. He wants to be like his idol or his hero and train under under him. And his name is the saltwater redneck. And he comes across uh, wayward fisherman played by Shia LaBeouf. And just basically this is about their journey. Um, when they meet up and they go on this journey to uh, become or train Zach as a professional res- wrestler. Mm-hmm. And it's a really about the friendship bond in this movie. And it's pretty much related to uh, Luca and how that the theme of that movie was about friendship. And you get to see their friendship develop. And it's nice to see Shia LaBeouf in a role like this. And I think Shia LaBeouf is a great actor. And I wish he, you know, didn't have the faults that he has. But and I wish he would have maintained that momentum that he had in earlier in, or in the middle of his career. But um, yeah, I think it's a heartwarming, touching movie. It's 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 got a lot of emotion. It's got a lot of heart. You'll really fall in love with the uh, the the main character, Zach. Um, and it's, mm-hmm. his real name is Zach in the movie too. Um, mm-hmm. yeah, I think you'll really enjoy this movie if you if you're into those heartwarming films. And uh, you can watch this on Hulu. So I give this movie uh, an eighty out of a hundred. Um, so well, another tie-in. Thomas Hayden Church is the saltwater redneck in that. Yeah. he's also Sandman in spider-man 3 and oh, we don't shit. know there there's no con- confirmation but people think he might be coming back as well just not in the same capacity that doc ock and green goblin and yeah. electro are but we might see a little little brief glimpse of thomas hayden church back but he's in this john bernthal who's punisher yeah and, it's all uh, connected the Mar- yeah, yeah it's all connected it's from all the connected. beginning of the podcast baby um, this is what i did yeah. <laughs> so uh I highly recommend Peter Butter Falcon. I, I believe I gave it like a 93 or 94. Uh, I absolutely yeah. love that movie. Um, but the the reason I was like, so surprised you gave this movie because I'm actually recommending another Shia LaBeouf movie. Ooh, and to- I'm excited. Uh, it is kind of tied into um, Luca in a sense, just mainly that it's another animated movie and I'm recommending Surf's Up. Um, okay. Surf, Surf's Up, I think is kind of like a forgotten uh movie or like forgotten animated movie and yeah, it's it not like the same top tier level as like a toy story or whatever but it it's it's a very 
very entertaining movie. It's Shia LaBeouf, Zoe Deschanel, John Hader, Jeff Bridges, um, and a couple of uh, other ones. I mean, Kelly Slater, who's obviously a world famous surfer, is in this as well. And the movie is just surfing penguins, and it's like a, a behind the scenes look at the annual penguin surfing championship and its newest participant, up and comer Cody Maverick, voiced by Shia LaBeouf. Um, came out in 2007 so like right around that time my wife actually introduced it to me because i i missed it but um i i really like this movie (laughs) it was it's it's a very easy watch and obviously you get that with a lot of animated movies and having seen luca and talked about some pixar movies and gone down memory lane you know you just get these very easy movies to watch so i wanted to recommend one that people might have missed or might not have heard of or whatever, for whatever reason, I gave Surf's up a 77 out of a hundred. So just below Luca, but still like, like we talked about earlier, still right in that range of very, very solid movies. Like the score probably doesn't accurately reflect that, you know, we view it as a very good movie. So that's my recommendation. I'll have to rewatch that one. It's been a long time. Yeah. That is on, it's actually on Netflix and Amazon prime. So oh. There you go. Or Prime Video, whatever it's called. So multiple ways to watch. All right. Longest episode today. Probably pushing two hours, but <laughs> appreciate you guys sticking with us. And hopefully you got a lot out of it. Fox, you got anything else before we go? Yeah, just uh, hopefully enjoy the, the discussions that we had and you check out our movie recommendations and uh, even reach out and tell us what your uh, what your uh, picks, favorite Pixar movies are. Maybe even say... Uh, Finding Nemo is better than Finding Dory or something. (laughs) (laughs) Do whatever you want. Reply with whatever you want. But if anyone comes for Wally, I will end (laughs) you. And that's that's just what it is. I'm more than happy to debate movies. And obviously, everyone's going to have different opinions on movies. And that's just the way it goes. But I love Wally. So my my dog, my dog's literally his name is Wally. And that's not after the movie, but. Also, just more meaning (laughs) to the movie as well. So, all right. Appreciate you guys listening and sticking with us. Uh, Long episode, but it was a really great episode. Talked about a lot. Covered a lot. It was awesome. So, for Fox and myself, we thank you. This has been a Major Motion Podcast. And see ya. Peace.